Today's show is brought to you by Delicious Obsessions. Real food, real life, and real delicious. Deliciousobsessions.com. You're listening to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, which can be found on our website at treyerwilderness.com and also on iTunes. Welcome to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, where we are homesteading traditionally 100% off-grid today and offering preparedness and survival tips for tomorrow. Here's your host, Tammy Treyer. Hey everyone, it is an absolutely gorgeous day here in northern Idaho and I feel extremely blessed to have Terry Page joining me and she also lives off grid. So uh, without further ado, I'm just going to introduce Terry. Terry, thank you so very much for joining me. Yeah, thanks. Great to be here. I am so glad to have you. We have been working together on the internet for several years now and we help each other out here and there and do different things, but I am just so blessed to be able to actually chat with her today. You know, emails are great, but it's so much nicer to meet people in person, so I really feel uh, blessed to have you on here. (laughs) Yay, well, thank you. (laughs) Terry lives off-grid, and I figured I would just open the floor to her and let her share her story on how she got started in embracing her lifestyle. So, Terry, the floor is yours. Okay, well, I think... um I should probably go back a few years and just say that uh, although we've been, my husband and I have been homesteading for, oh, I'd say well over 15 years, um, we only started living off-grid about two and a half years ago. So it's kind of a new part of our journey, which has been really exciting. Um, We met in California and moved to Oregon to attend a sustainable living skills uh, internship, and and we ended up learning a ton of amazing skills and gardening, and um, then we wanted to try those things out for ourselves, so we rented this amazing homestead with 35 acres and a creek and a barn, and um, we lived there for about 14 years, renting the same little house, and it was amazing, and by, by renting there we were able to learn all of the skills that we needed to be homesteaders. So we grew a garden, we planted fruit trees, we had a greenhouse, um, year-round cultivation of food. We had bees, chickens, goats, pigs. <laughs> you know, so, so it sort of started, started small with gardening for me, um, and then just the more, the more I learned about my food sources and um, all the contamination of our food sources with pesticides and whatnot, um, the more we just were excited to take control of our own food sources. So um, so we just really 
took baby steps. Every year we'd try something new and just keep growing. And then when we had children, we just felt like it was time to make a really radical shift. And for us, the radical shift that we really wanted was to continue living this lifestyle of homesteading and being able to be connected to the land and also um, be able to afford owning land. And for us, that just wasn't going to happen in in Oregon. Um, It was amazing. We loved it, but we just couldn't afford to live there. So some good friends of ours had moved to northeast Missouri and invited us to come out and visit. And a few months later, the property next door to them came up for sale. (laughs) And, you know, long story short, we... We took about um, two years to really think it over, and um, ultimately we just decided that we valued this lifestyle so much that we were willing to make a cross-country move to, to own land and to continue being able to homestead. So we packed up our two children, who were four and one at the <laughs> time, um, and moved out here to northeast Missouri, um, we bought raw land, so we started with absolutely nothing, no infrastructure whatsoever, no driveway, no water, no no hookup of any sort. <laughs> and partly because of environmental reasons and economic reasons, and partly because we live at the end of the quarter-mile driveway, we started exploring off-grid opportunities. And uh, today we have three solar panels that provide all of our electricity, and we have um, rainwater catchment that provides all of our drinking water. So we're not hooked up to any utilities. Um, The only thing that we have that is connected is um, Internet, (laughs) and we have a cell phone. So, (laughs) so yeah. Nice, nice. Well, as, as far as my audience goes, they can certainly see the parallels because we did the exact same thing. We lived in a canvas wall tent for eight mm-hmm. and a half months on raw land while we built our house. Now, one of the things that I really loved from your pictures in the very beginning were your kitchen when you were living mm-hmm. outdoors. What did you guys live in while you built your house? Right. Well, we were... Um We moved here in October, and we rented a house for about five months. And then um, when we finally moved out here to the land, we actually borrowed somebody's pop-up tent trailer for about two months. Okay. And then we moved into a tent. Okay. So we just lived in a big, like, nine-person tent, um, (laughs) which, which was actually great. And we did that until the end of October, and um, at that point, it really got too cold to be sleeping outside with, with two young kids. Right. So we we moved into our house in, well, I guess this was um, October of 2013. Okay. And at that point, it was just a shell of a house. You yeah. know, it was insulated. <laughs> there was a roof. There, were, there, was, a, there was a wood stove. Um, but there was nothing else. There was, um, you know, nothing on the wall. Yep. yep. <laughs> just the insulation in and the subfloor and, and all that. Um, mm. and we have, we have what I like to call walking water. 
which means that we walk buckets of water in and out of our house. <laughs> so, yeah. I love it. I have running water. That's just kind of, it's kind of a dream. You know, one of these days we'll have running water. But, um, yep. yeah, so that's what we did when we first got here. And, oh, the kitchen, yeah. So the kitchen, we set up an outdoor kitchen. Um, and I have a few blog posts about this on, on my blog, which I should clarify is homestead-honey.com. Yes. Just so, just so people don't, don't go to the wrong spot. Thank you. Um, and that, yeah, you're welcome. And that was really amazing. We just set up some counter space and a sink and um, tarps overhead and had a totally functional kitchen with a rocket stove and a propane stove um, and a sun oven. Yep. And, and honestly, to this day, we still cook almost the same way. We still have a propane stove. We have a wood stove for the winter time, yep. And we have um, a rocket stove and a sun oven. Yep. And that's what we use for our, <laughs> for our kitchen. I love it. You're giving me goosebumps. Yep. It's just so funny remembering our times. Because we moved in a 30 by 36 pole barn, basically, with a loft in it, and it was the same thing. Plywood floor, wood stove in the corner, and completely open. Nothing was studded out, insulation on the walls. We did, we covered a good bit of our, our walls with Tyvek, and then when we started to stud things out, right now our walls are still Tyvek, so at night when the lights are on, it looks like one of those Japanese houses with the white paper walls. That's what it looks like in our house. So we're still working. Oh, wow. We're still working on the inside of our house. We've got everything done outside now. This next two years we'll be working on the inside and finishing it. But I mean, it's, it's, it's cozy, just the same. I have pictures on the wall and everything else, but it's just, you know, it just needs to be finished. But it's just funny. We live, we, you and I and our families did very similar things. And I think it's so awesome that you were willing to do that with your children because, your children will have so many awesome memories from at such a young age to be able to embrace the things you're embracing and showing them. My son was 13 at the time when we did this, but, and, and it just changed, okay. changed his life. He's, he's high functioning autistic. Mm -hmm. So it really gave him mm -hmm. room to roam and to find himself in this environment. But it changed his life just because of the traditional aspect of things. And I'm sure that your children mm -hmm. are just, it's just such, it's so awesome. I think it's great what you're doing. Yeah, well, and, you know, it's in some ways they've never known anything different because even when we were living in Oregon, we really were living like the homesteading life. But here it's, it's almost like glorified camping sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it is so wonderful. It's so wonderful. And our property is um, at the end of a dead-end road, so we don't have concerns about them running into the street and being hit by a car or, yep. you know, it, it just feels so safe. And, um, oh. yeah, like today they um, – we had a few – chicks hatch yesterday from a broody hen and so the kids are down there at the chicken coop helping to figure out where we're going to put the baby chicks and they just they're actually now at seven and four um they're they're at the age now where they're actually really like highly contributing members of our homestead which yep. is amazing to me yep. that that they're really i i consider them as like an essential part of what we're able to do here. Oh, sure. Even I, though they're just young. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and what they're learning and their willingness. I, I've said it with many of my other guests. What's really unique about what we do as far as you know, homesteading off-grid like this with children is that the children play a big role, but they're excited to do it. It's not like we have to pull teeth to get them to do anything. And, and that's so different because right. so many so many parents are struggling trying to get their kids involved in things and doing things. And it's, I think it goes, gets to a level where it's the gratification and the fun, you know, it's not, they view it as a fun thing Mm. instead of a job and, and it's teaching them so many things. Right. (laughs) I just think it's awesome. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I really do think that that's true. And, you know, like our kids are, um, they've been past week learning how to milk our cow (laughs) and they, I mean, we just we just started milking um, about a month ago. She had her first calf, so we've we've just started milking her recently. Um, and the kids come in and they watch us. But in the past week, they said, "Well, we want to learn how to milk." That's so so cool. then they just sat down and started milking. And my <laughs> four year old is milking a cow, and it just blows my mind that they have this skill set that. I I didn't do any of this when I was a kid. I mean, my parents were wonderful and raised me in a in a wonderful way, but like yep. literally I didn't I don't even know if I saw a cow until <laughs> I was a teenager. So doesn't doesn't it make you so giddy? It doesn't it make you giddy that you're able mm-hmm. to give your children that? That's just I mean, it gives me goosebumps and I'm giving my own son that, but it's just really neat to hear, you know, that you have a 4-year-old doing that and and what they're learning yeah. and and what's being passed down. You know, they they'll they'll and what's really crazy too. My husband and I talk about this a lot. We grew up on farms, both of us, but there was a point in time for both of us that we wanted to escape that and, and live a different life, and mm-hmm. we both did. But the more we tried to live that mm-hmm. life, the more our roots were calling us, and the older we get, the deeper our roots get. You know, we, and I, your, uh-huh. children, uh-huh. your children will have those roots, and they may never leave those roots, especially with the, you know, the way you're introducing it to them. It's so cool. Well, I hope so. And we are homeschoolers, so you know, I feel like every every day living on our homestead is basically their homeschool. I mean, we do follow a curriculum also. We're not um we're not completely unschooling, but I definitely subscribe to the life learning philosophy and believe that every moment is a learning opportunity. So yeah. it it just feels so rich to be able to provide them with so many learning opportunities here. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to take a short break to hear some words from our sponsors, and then we'll come back and talk some more with Terry. Stay tuned. The new Pioneer Magazine, taking the skills and techniques of yesteryears and combining it with solar, hydroponics, and various other advancements of today, creating the most robust pioneering magazine on the market. In addition to the new Pioneer Magazine, they also have available the American Frontiersman Magazine, taking you back to a more primitive time, and both magazines can be found at newpioneermag.com. Get your copies today and be prepared for tomorrow. Do you have a loved one or are you suffering from celiac disease or a gluten intolerance? Trying to find that perfect flour? Whether you are baking cookies, flaky pie crusts, or baking breads from scratch, or you are looking for a quick cake from a package, look no further. Better Batter offers non-GMO gluten-free products with an assortment of packaged items as well as flour packaged in varying sizes including their bulk sizes, perfect for those of you that are practicing your preparedness skills. Better Batter is not just another gluten-free flour. 
It's what you have been searching for. Visit betterbetter.org. Do you have your free digital subscription to Prepare Magazine yet? If not, then hurry over to preparemag.com and start getting each monthly issue sent directly to your inbox. It's easy. All you have to do is go to preparemag.com, enter your name and email address, and you're subscribed. Consider signing up for the premium membership for past issues and exclusive resources. You can even subscribe to the beautiful print version of Prepare Magazine. Visit preparemag.com and choose the option that's most valuable to you. Prepare Magazine, encouraging, empowering, and enriching your journey. Okay, we are back, and again, we have Terry Page from homestead-honey.com, and she's sharing all kinds of awesome stuff about her off-grid lifestyle, and Terry, you mentioned that you had a one-year-old and a four-year-old when you first started living on your raw land and working on your land? Right. Let me just say hats off to you, because I can't imagine what that was like for you trying to keep up with the requirements because I know what it was required of me um, as far as helping to build, helping to, you know, making all the food, uh, there's, you know, clearing the land. Mm -hmm. So to do that with two young children, kudos to you. That had to be something. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and actually now that, now that I think about it, they were one and one and four when we moved here. So when we moved out to the land, they were two and a half and, um, Five, five and a half, I guess, at that point. So, okay. you know, at that point, a two-and-a-half-year-old can walk. A two-and-a-half-year-old is potty trained. So yeah. there, it was a little bit different. But I was just telling someone yesterday about how whenever it, my, my son was a baby, I would put him in a Moses basket and just <laughs> carry him around the homestead and, like, you know, bring him into the goat barn and milk the goats with him sitting in a basket next to me. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, so there's always been a little bit of the homestead um, baby raising. But yeah. I, I really feel so fortunate because my husband and I both work from home and we have since since my youngest child was born. So in a lot of ways, I'm I'm just really blessed that if you know, we can adjust our schedule to help one another. And that's, that's huge. If I didn't have that kind of support at home, I, I wouldn't be doing half the things that I'm doing, honestly. That's awesome. You know, I, yeah, I feel very lucky to have a partner that's here a lot of the time and we can trade off work times and he can go up to the blacksmith shop and and do some work, and then at night I can be working on my blog or some of the administrative stuff that I do. Yeah. So we've yep. kind of been lucky to create a livelihood that actually reinforces what we're doing at home. Yeah, that's really, really awesome. Really, really awesome. And still, again, so funny that we parallel so much because my husband is the blacksmith and the woodworker and does construction. <laughs> He's kind of the jack of all trades and a master of a lot of them. And I think that's so funny. Right. I didn't. I knew that we had a lot in common, but until I was surfing your website really heavily the other day, I did not realize that he did the blacksmith work. So that is just so funny. <laughs> yeah, I know. That is so funny. And there's not a lot of blacksmiths out there. So when you meet one, yes. <laughs> it's even more amazing. Yes. And yeah, I... and he's not, he's not a horseshoeing blacksmith. He's an artisan blacksmith. So he does a lot of... Um, Custom work, um, metal candle holders, curtain rods. We have a whole line of his metal work on our Etsy shop, which is um, Acorn Hill Handcraft. Okay. And 
yeah, it's, it's fun just to see what he comes up with. And that's a really neat way for him to express his creativity. Yes. And, and I imagine you're like I am. I love sitting out there when I things get busy here and I don't always get to do it. But initially, I used to sit out there a lot and work. It's just that my connection isn't good that I can do that anymore out here. But I would love watching him work metal. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing to watch it transform. Yeah, it is. It's so much fun. Uh, <laughs> definitely one of the highlights for people when they come here and do a do a little tour. Yeah. Um, seeing the blacksmithing is always very captivating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Now, if you don't mind me asking, you said that you both work from home. Would you mind sharing with our audience mm-hmm. some of the varying things you do to make an income? Um, because I'm sure that's one sure. thing that a lot of people struggle with is when they try to figure out how we live like we do. Because we don't leave here very much, and I have to imagine you guys are the same way. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, people always wonder, what are they doing back there? So what what yeah no i i i absolutely love talking about this because i think it is critical to have you know just an awareness that homesteading doesn't mean that you don't ever spend any money um i mean especially building a homestead from scratch we have yeah. invested every penny that we had and yep. you know got to the point where we're like okay we have to actually stop building now because we don't have any more money yep um but <laughs> We we definitely have what I like to call a diverse homestead economy, <laughs> and so we literally do everything. I mean, when we were in Oregon, we had fairly uh, stable work, but when we moved here, we had to kind of uproot and, and re, regroup. So we have an Etsy shop. Um, I have my blog, Homestead Honey which supplies me with a little bit of an income just through advertising and and whatnot. Um, I work part-time as a virtual administrator for someone who writes homeschool curriculum, so I feel really, really blessed to have that job. It's it's amazing, and I can work from home and on my own schedule. So I do that a few hours a week. Um, My husband will pick up whatever sort of building jobs he can. He is a carpenter. He is a woodworker. so he'll do that, and it's just funny, you know, I, I feel like there's there's no shame in honest work. So since I've been here in Missouri, I've cleaned houses, yeah. I've taught theater camp, I love I love theater of all sorts, and I love working with kids, so awesome. I've done theater camp, um, I've done transcription on the internet, <laughs> I mean, you name it, we've done it. Even yeah. today, he was mowing, mowing our neighbor's lawn. Um, and care, you know, he's caretaking our neighbor's lawn at this point. So, so we don't really have one thing that's like our primary income, but we're just accumulating income from a lot of different sources. And part of our initial investment was getting things for the homestead that we knew would save us substantial amounts of money later on. So the solar panels, you know, huge investment, but now we have zero electricity bill. Yeah. Um, same with our cow. Like, we, we did the math and figured out that we were spending about $1,200 a year on dairy products. Yeah. Wow. And I just couldn't, I couldn't believe that. I was like, wow, if I could, I could buy a cow, and in about two years I would mostly have paid off um, that expense. So, wow. so we have a cow, and we sell... We sell, you know, a few chicken eggs here and there, a little bit of milk here and there, and just 
kind of whatever we can at this point. That's really awesome. I'm so glad you shared because we do similar things too. And, you know, I have been self-employed since 1997. And for me to go back to an office environment Mm -hmm. or to any type of other environment other than home, I just honestly don't think I could do it. I've worked around, you know, like you said, you have a spouse who enables you to be able to work the schedule you need to and to be there for your children when you need when they need you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just priceless. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that, you know, we can be diverse and creative also to enable us to be back here. You know, we plan ahead so that our winter months, we don't have to go anywhere. You know, that way we can trap if we want to and we can do our hunting and kind of hunker down. Mm-hmm. And it's been a real blessing because we too are kind of at the dead end of a road and we're off of a a two mile long logging road. Uh, So it's just nice Mm -hmm. being nestled back in here. And that occasion happens where we get stuck back here, which it did our first year. We were back here for eight and a half weeks before we could get out. And it was, it was, it was the best winter of my life. That was so cool. We were strapping on (laughs) snowshoes and just heading all over the place. And we had to walk to the post office to get our mail. And I don't know, it was just awesome. It was very adventurous and, so, you know, to be able to live that life and work around things and to be able to have our internet connection to enable us to work from home. I mean, you and I, I know you're just right. as blessed as I am. So that's awesome. And I'm really grateful that you shared all the resources yeah. because people don't realize you can make, you know, money doing those odds and end jobs. And like you said, it's not, doesn't make you any less of a person to do those jobs. In my opinion, it makes us smart because we can raise our families the way we choose to and also in a very traditional fashion. Right. And that was that was a big factor for us. I mean, we just really had this strong desire to be able to spend time as a family and especially while our children were young and really wanted to be around us all the time and needed to be around us all the time. Right. Um, so, and, you know, and I, I actually, I really do enjoy certain types of work outside of the home. I have a background in the arts and so there are days that I kind of wish that I could go and work for a little arts organization and just, you know, <laughs> just leave the home and go work for 10, 20 hours a week. But yeah. at this point in time, it's just, you know, it's just not where our life is right now. And right. yeah, and maybe, maybe someday that'll shift. But um, for now, it's just, yeah. we're, we're able to yeah. be here a lot, which is really important. Yeah. And and when your kids are old, older, those doors may open up, you know. But I think it's priceless to be there for mm-hmm. our kids when they're when they're young like that. And I know that it it has you know um, been really valuable to to our son as well for us here. So it's awesome. And and everything in its time is how we look at it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now you have some things that you do on your blog also, um, yearly as well. I believe your, your e-course. Um, the e-course. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we ran a friend of mine, um, Tatiana from mama philosopher.com. Um, she's an expert on local foods and, um, and I'm, totally passionate about eating locally and sourcing food from people you know and particularly gardening I mean I'm just totally obsessed with growing (laughs) growing my own food um so we ran an e-course last year called empowered eating 
Yes. And it was about a month long. And it basically just, um, our purpose was to try and empower people to take control of their own food and particularly local food. So we talked a lot about how to source local food, what to do with it when you get it. Right. Because a lot of the time you'll get, you know, 50 pounds of strawberries in a week and then you have to figure out how to preserve them for the rest of the year. So we talked about food preservation, um, fruits, vegetables, dairy, meat, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I'm definitely planning on running that course again and it'll probably be in um, September, early September. And I'm thinking it's going to be about a three-week course this time around. And it's all online, um, so you can look at the material at your own pace and keep it keep it for later. So it's a lot of fun. And, and I'll have those details coming up on my blog this summer. Awesome. Very awesome. That sounds fantastic because we are really passionate, too, about eating from scratch, eating what we can harvest, forage, grow. Um, so... That is really awesome. Now, I have a question. Well, I'd like you to share, if you don't mind. A lot of people are unfamiliar with what a food forest is, and I would love for you to explain that and how you do that at your place, if you don't mind. Yeah. Well, we are um, we're creating a very new food forest here. I mean, honestly, the first thing we did before we even had a house was plant about 25 fruit trees and over 100 native fruiting and nut trees. So we were definitely um, interested in getting our food forest started very early. But um, fruits, nuts, perennial vegetables, all of these things can tie in with the typical annual vegetable garden. And, you know, the idea behind a food forest is just it's incredibly diverse. It provides you with food at different seasons and that it's something that is an investment early on that gives you a lifetime of, of nourishment. Yep. Yep. And awesome. So we've, awesome. we've planted, yeah, we've planted a lot of the traditional um, cherries, apples, pears, uh, plums, but on our property, we also have native uh, black walnuts and hickory nuts. So we do have some nuts here. We've planted some chestnuts and some berries. And, yeah, that's just kind of starting to develop that on our homestead. Nice. So that in another two or three people start to be able to harvest, which is really exciting. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, I miss the nut trees because we grew up in Pennsylvania, so we had the walnuts, the hickories, the chestnuts, and out mm-hmm. here, all we have is pines, tall pines of all different sorts, and so you don't have all the nut trees as much as you did back back east, so that's something that we're missing, right. and we want to get those incorporated. The struggle out here sometimes is that the soil is so acidic because of all the pines, mm-hmm. and I think that's why we're mm-hmm. having problems getting them in, so we're going to keep working on that. Yeah. But we have I have some apple trees started in the house here, and I have blueberries and raspberries, but that's awesome, and I wanted to ask you, too, I'm jumping subjects here, but do you have a lot of predators in Missouri, in your neck of the woods? 
Um, probably coyotes would be the biggest okay. problem for livestock. Okay. And our chickens have definitely been eaten by raccoons. Um, I have heard of minks being a problem around here, too. Okay. Okay. But hasn't, we've lost a few chickens, we've lost a few ducks, but it, as long as we're doing our due diligence and putting them away at dusk, then everyone seems to be fine. It's mostly happened through human error. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have, but this- it's not, it's not like Oregon where, you know, we were thinking about cougars and we actually had a, a baby goat eaten by a cougar in oh. Oregon. So it's very different. You don't have the large, the large prey. You yeah. probably have. Yeah. 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 Cause we have, we have, bears and cougars and uh, wolves, mm-hmm. very large wolves, and then the coyotes. And we okay. also have the ermine and, and weasels, and we have lost a couple chickens to them that have made their way into the coop at night and have gotten them. Right. And, but this year we started free-ranging, right. and we have had the same success you have. As long as we put them in at dusk, and it's funny, as soon as it starts to get dusk, they head in on their own anyway, so... That's been working yeah. out really yeah. nice. And you get better eggs that way. You get better egg production when they're free-ranging like that. So I'm really glad that we took that, you know, decided to give that a try. We weren't sure how that would work as far as these big predators coming in, but so far. And we also have eagles and owls and, um, you know, mm-hmm. the, coming in and getting the chickens, too. Yeah. We actually lost a guinea hen to an owl. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. They come in really close, okay. and they're big, so. But... Mm-hmm. So far, so good. But we we are running out of time. Yeah. I so appreciate you sharing all this. It's been awesome and so much fun. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And really fun. I would love to give you the floor one more time just to share some any form of encouraging words you'd like to share to the audience about living a life like sure. this. Sure. Well, I think I see a lot of people, you know, a lot of people will write and say, this is my dream. I want to do this someday. And my advice would just be, let's make that day today. Yes. <laughs> you know, there's so many little steps that you can do to take steps towards the life that you want to live, whether that be growing your own food or looking at your energy consumption or trying out something like building a solar oven or, um, you know, cooking regionally, um, sourcing food locally. There's there's just so many little baby steps that really there's there's no reason why you just can't start small today and it'll just grow it'll just grow and grow and grow and before you know it you're living the dream that you wanted so i just think that homesteading if that is your passion then there's so much support so much support now mm-hmm. whereas you know when we were first getting started in 1999 there wasn't blogs there weren't yeah you know, there weren't all these resources <laughs> on the internet now there's so much inspiration out there and so much information that you can just learn anything you want and find a community to support you in taking those steps yes so awesome i yeah i just that's my favorite part of what i do with blogging is just being there as a resource and and source of inspiration and information for people who want to take those steps Awesome. Amen. That's so true. And they, my audience hears that a lot is just taking those baby steps and doing it. And you folks sound just like we are. We call ourselves embracers because if there's an opportunity, we don't let it get stale. We just grab it and go. Mm -hmm. And, and we have 
ended up in some very awesome places because of doing that. And I'm grateful that we both are like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But thank you again, Terry. This has been awesome. And everyone, thanks so much for joining us today. I wanted to remind you to go to podcast 100. You can do so by going to treyerwilderness.com slash podcast dash 100. We've extended the drawing and we'll be uh, announcing the winners on the 24th. There were some people that were having problems entering, so I wanted to give everybody a fair shot. So be sure to get over there and enter, share it with your friends, and good luck, because we'll be drawing things on the 23rd. So uh, good luck to you, and also be sure to check out our website at treyerwilderness.com slash extra dash mile and help us support our wounded and disabled veterans. Thank you again to our next show. You guys take care and God bless. You're listening to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, where you will learn something new every week. We hope you enjoyed the show and encourage you to join us at treyerwilderness.com and be sure to connect with us on iTunes. Remember, your reviews on iTunes are very important to us and help us reach more people just like you. 